Here we live. Well, hello there, everybody. Welcome to Divi Chat. This is episode 212. We're in the 212. I feel like there's a lot of rap songs about that, but I should probably keep them to myself. That is the area code of New York City. So, you know, that's what happens. Huh. Anyway, we're not talking about rap music today. Most days we do, as you know, here on Divi Chat. But today we are talking about um, one of the elements that is woven throughout any project that we do that is getting revisions from clients and getting approvals from clients and the processes that we're using to get those things efficiently and to have them documented in such a way that we are protected as the service provider. So before we dive into this topic, let's meet our esteemed panel. Mike Devitt has not been here in a while. He's been How you doing things and we're so glad he's back. Thank you. Little New York representing. That was really well done. I think we can all applaud that New York accent. Mike, tell the people where you're from and who you are and where they can find you. Thanks, Stephanie. It is good to be back. Uh, hi, everybody. I'm Mike Devitt, broadcasting from Harrietsham near Maidstone in the Garden of England. Uh, I run a web design and web design maintenance business, and we take on most WordPress challenges. We're lucky enough to have great working relationships with other designers and developers from DiviChat and also the most amazing Facebook group, Focus on Your Biz, <gasps> where you can catch us on a Thursday night, not only blowing off a little steam, but helping each other too. Uh, and you can find me there, or you can see our work and what we do at webdesignpro.co. We're so glad you're here, Mike. And uh, Mr. You. Tim, do you want to go next? We'll go clockwise. Yeah, sounds great. Hey, everyone. Tim Streifler here, and uh, I'm broadcasting from San Clemente, California. And you can find me online at divilife.com, where I have all of my Divi plugins, child themes, layouts, and tutorials. Just published a really in-depth, long tutorial on how to speed up your Divi website, which is a very hot topic these days. Um, so go in and check that out if you're interested in optimizing your Divi website. Um, and yeah, great topic today. Excited to be here. Um, no Sarah, but we have another brilliant Aussie. So super excited to have Emma back on. I was going to say like we have our token. You before That's fine. I was going to say it's our token. It's taken over. <laughs> go for it. <laughs> Hi everyone. I'm um, I'm happy to be here. I'm Emma Kate. I help designers master the wonderful world of WordPress. And you can find me at emmakate.co to check out my courses and grab a bunch of freebies. And also designerboss.co, which is the home of my podcast and online summit, and also my Facebook group, Designers Learning Web Dev. And you never know, you might see some familiar faces at that summit coming up this fall. Yeah, Maybe. before you, you introduce yourself, Stephanie, I do want to say we recently kind of revamped our like Divi, Divi chat terms and what's allowed, what's not allowed. And so we came up to the conclusion that we have to have at least one Aussie and one Brit <laughs> in every episode. <laughs> Them's the rules. So, Them's the rules. Yeah. Yeah. However... We also can't have more than one. So Sarah and Emma can never be. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Got to battle it out now. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. That should go well. I know. They're both so mean. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That'll be be vicious. (laughs) Hey, uh, hey, Tim, would you mind if I introduced myself? I I will allow it. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Hey, guys. I'm Stephanie. Uh, I work for Focus WP. Actually, I own it with my pal Tom. And we help people like you, yes, you, freelancers, small agencies, folks who are trying to scale and grow. We provide out white label outsourced services. So you don't have to do all the training and hiring and vetting and managing. You can just dump all your tasks over and be the boss that you want to be. You can find us at focuswp.co. And as Mike mentioned in our Facebook group, focus on your biz, B-I-Z, where we have a good time over there. So now that we've got all the business out of the way, let's talk about these two elements of every single pro. I mean, I can't really think of a project, a web project, a design project, any of those kind of things. Like there is, there is not a scenario where there, there aren't revisions and or approvals, at least approvals, but most likely revisions. Um, just for the sake of our 
um, usual uh, format. Why don't we have Tim tell the people what we're talking about, just so that we're clear. We always start off on a an even footing, defining we what we're talking about. So revisions and approvals. Yeah, absolutely. So all of us uh, have a background in web design. Most of our listeners are web designers. And um, when you're building websites for clients, there is some process of here's what I, where I, what I've created for you. Gives me a thumbs up, give me a thumbs down, uh, any revisions, that type of thing. And there's definitely wrong ways to do this that can end up getting into an endless cycle of revisions, um, which can also lead into scope creep, which we've talked about many times here on Divi Chat. And so um, today we're going to talk about some of the things that uh, probably you'll be learning from our mistakes, what we've done wrong and how we've corrected it and so forth, um, so that you can give your clients what they want and give them uh, a, a great looking website that they feel like they, um, you know, have been able to contribute to the the process uh, without them walking all over you. And so that's kind of what we're, we're setting up uh, for today's episode and revisions and approvals and, and that sort of thing. And hopefully you have more approvals and revisions. Um, and um, yeah, I think we'll have some tips to help uh, with that process. Right. And this is a, um, this is sort of a, an ongoing set of loops throughout the project, right? Because we hit a certain point of a project, uh, maybe the design phase, and it goes for revisions and they have a revision. Then we give it to them again for a revision. Uh, however many times we're going to go through, which we'll talk a little bit about that. And then we have an approval. So there's a milestone, there's a marker in the project. Then we go into the next phase, which has, again, those same loops built into it until we have a final project sign-off at the end where we are, we're done, we do our little happy dance, we pop the champagne, and, and we're done, we're off onto the next project. So um, who wants to jump in first and share their process for setting this up? And and let's keep in mind, our the, the last time that Emma was on the show, we were talking about... Um, Boundaries. We were talking about boundaries and this plays into it a lot yeah. because the best way to have healthy revision rounds and things like that <laughs> is to us to prepare the clients for what's to come and what it means when they approve something. Right. Well, yeah. I'm happy to follow on from that. Um, yeah, we did. It. We sort of started talking about it a little bit, getting off track last time. Um, Cause us I remember I was track? saying it. it I was saying amends. Yeah, I know. Never go off track. I was saying amends and I didn't realize that was an Aussie thing. I just thought everyone called them. Oh, that's right. Um, Yes, but revisions. I'll say that to be clearer today. Um, So, I like it. (laughs) Fans are vocab. Yeah. Um, So, the first thing, like I do, I think at the beginning of the process, the first place to minimize those amends or revisions is to really have a clear contract and proposal like clearly stipulate what's included in that proposal, whether it's how many rounds of uh, revisions that you will have, but also what's included in the package or the proposal and what's not. Um, Like having, and this helps with getting approvals as well, because for instance, a lot of clients uh, might just assume that you're going to provide all the images for the project or you're going to provide, you know, 20 pages of copywriting for them. That's all included. Or, um, you know, a thousand, you know, thousands of words on a page rather than, you know, even stipulating how many up to how many words per page can be included um, in each of your like web designs, like being really clear in your initial proposal and also potentially in your contract depending on where these things fall is probably the best place to um, really kick the project off to minimize those uh, revisions and um, get approvals quicker and sort of just being letting the client know exactly what they need to provide you with is really important as well. Absolutely. Mike, it looks like you've got something to say. I've got something to say. Let's hear it. (laughs) Well, actually, I'm a bit worried because I've just seen that Beth Why? Livingston is oh, is in yeah. the chat, and that makes now, me worry. No, no, yeah, it does because Beth Beth knows her stuff, so 
She does. I tell you yeah, what, I'm glad she's in so the just not say anything and we'll just bring and just bring no, Beth in instead. No, come on, let's hear it. <laughs> no, so I I tend to go, I, I tend to look at this and I go back a little bit further in the process because I think this all starts at the, in the, with the first phone call. Because for me, it's a situation where you have a standard operating procedure for dealing with that first phone call and finding out some of this. The information gathering for me sets out the situation that comes with the proposal and then this whole revisions and the back and forth situation. Because if you've got all the information that you need in order to be able to start the project and get everything from the project and you've made it clear through that conversation that who's doing the copywriting, who's getting the images. So you're you're getting that information to start off with. Then when it comes to and you you have that conversation about and you really do realize that, you know, you're going to give me these images. I'm going to put them on the website. I'm going to show you what they look like. So you're kind of having a conversation that talks about them not having a surprise. So you ask them, what kind of websites do you like? Give me two or three websites. What's the kind of colors that you like? Any particular things that I need to avoid? Oh, I don't like sidebars or I do like uh, I don't like sliders, but I do like static content. You know, you're starting to get a feel for that customer so that when it comes to that revisions, when it comes to those those sorts of moments where they get to see the the website for the first time. So if you've said you're going to get three revisions, for example, the first revision they're going to see is the first view of the website, maybe. And then, then you're in that situation where you've got two more attempts to get it right if you're doing a, a three round. So it just depends. And so if you get that information from them and, and you start to get into their heads and that understanding, it starts with the phone call. And with that phone call, what you're also doing is you're working out whether you can work with that person. So this is this is this is the the real key part because that red flag might not actually present itself until you get to the revision stage and we've all been there where client seems really great everything's going really well you're getting all of the content that you need and then you give them the first view of the website and it's and and you think of you know the the, the response isn't great it's either lacks that they've really looked at it and then later on in the project, you get the situation where you're getting near go live. And they said, I really don't like three of those photographs or I really don't like some of the content on the site. Can we just change it? And, and that's when if you've done your groundwork, then later on, those sorts of things shouldn't happen. They still do. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it hopefully it mitigates that that moment in time. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, to kind of piggyback off of Mike, that's kind of the boat that I'm in too with, um, the information gathering phase, figuring out what their goals are for the site and every website, every page should have a goal. And whether that's to, uh, sell a product, to get leads, uh, you know, whatever it may be, there, there has to be some sort of a goal. And then you're designing towards that conversion. And so um, this is something that me and David Blackman teach in our Divi Business Expert course. When you go through that information gathering phase and you obtain what their goals are, then you, through establishing yourself as the expert, you're basically telling them, here's the design based off of what you said you want the goal to be. This is how we designed it. And you can notice, and you basically, you're when you're presenting that website to them, you're telling them, hey, because you wanted to get more leads, you can see how we have this call to action above the fold. You can see how we have this button here that points back to the call to action. You, you can see how we have this here with this here, this here. And then it's like it helps mitigate those uh, revisions because it's all based off of what they're trying to accomplish rather than them saying like, well, I'm just trying to decide if I like the color, if I like this, I like that. And, and looking at it from like a work of art standpoint, it's no, it's not about whether it's pretty. And if it's, you know, as pretty as you want it to be, it's about, is this functional and is it going to help accomplish your goals? Because then that's just a different conversation. And so obviously there's never a perfect solution, but I feel like if you set it up like that and you establish yourself as the expert, then revisions are almost like non-existent. 
Um, or if they are, there are little things here and there. Um, and so I still think, like Emma said, having it in your contract, having some hard things that says, you know, what you will and won't do, but not really bringing up provisions, not asking for changes or for approval, telling them here, this is, this is what you want. And here's why, because it's going to help you accomplish your goal because of these elements. I'm the expert. Obviously you don't use those words, but uh, anyway, so that's kind of how I, and I actually, I learned that from, from David who, who uh, we have the course together. And so when you kind of change the conversation to that, then it's not this, you know, back and forth with revisions. Um, cause sometimes a, a business owner, they almost feel like they need to like give you changes in order to do their part to establish so control. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. 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 But, and so it's like, but if you don't ask for it and you don't really make that like part of the conversation, then they, they're happy and they don't even mention mm-hmm. any changes. So I think yeah, that's I, a great idea. Not even, um, necessarily like asking for it, you know, like asking for revisions, just kind of presenting it to them and, um, telling him, hey, this is what you asked for and, you know, I've Mm -hmm. worked my professional magic and made it work. And that was another thing, one of the things on my list too is like show, like explain your work, explain why you've done something. And I think um, Eric brought it up on the last episode that I was on about, you know, recording a loom video and Mm. going through the design. And I think that's a huge one because when you explain why you chose that colour or that imagery or spaced out the text that way or whatever it might be, the client then knows, you know, a lot more has gone into that than you just slapping it together and making it look pretty. Like there's a lot of strategy that goes into that and once you explain that and obviously tie it back into their initial goals that they gave you using hopefully their own wording, like saying that back to them, then, yeah, you're like really, um, you minimise so many revisions then so eric eric has said he's he's touched that you remember (laughs) (laughs) he's in the chat tonight uh another thing i think is important i mean i think walking them through it that it's well it is a dance that we do right because these are the Mm. business owners they're the boss we're a service provider but in the context of this situation we're the expert so we, we can't, we have to play the psychology game a bit as, as we do through the whole process, sales, design, presentations, all of it. And so if we come in and just, and they give us edits, if we just drop a site on them and you say something like, what do you think? <laughs> That's so open-ended. And like Tim said, yeah. 10 times out of 10, they're going to give you at least something nitpicky. Well, even if, if you then go back and say, well, actually, this is why we did that. Now we've got ego in the game and we don't want ego in the game. We want logic and we want facts and we want, if there is ego in the game, we want it to be making them feel good. Like this is done this way because of what you asked for. You know, that's the kind of thing that we want to do. And while there is leeway on a project, certainly we want to make sure that we are phrasing these things correctly. So whenever we get to um, something like, you know, does this solve your problem that we discuss, which is X, you know, or is this doing the right, you know, whatever, certain things like that, that aren't like, is this pretty, (laughs) you know, kind of questions, not that you would ask that, but you know what I mean? It's things that are so subjective, you want to keep it objective, so that there, there is actually as close to a right and wrong answer as there can get in something like this as possible. And this kind of goes back to, um, uh, Cliff Cliff Almeida, um, what he does to sort of um, work out the type of people that he wants to work with. So he sends them like five five questions, and he says, you know, again, just coming back to this beginning of this process, and it's about their business. So you know, he'll ask them specific business questions because he's thinking about servicing that business with the website. So he's very specifically asking about the business and you know, trying to find out budget, but asking in a different way at the same time at the beginning. Um, but also that he can then work out. He said, if people don't answer those questions properly, or if there's like a, if I'm not satisfied with the answers in any way, he said that then I tend to, you know, it's like a 25% get through, but 75% because he's at that point now, he doesn't need to, you know, he can be, more picky about the people that he works with. So maybe that helps Cliff 
Um, obviously, for, for, for everybody else that may be starting out or you may be midway through your your web design career and you're still sort of, um, you know, getting lots of inquiries in, it's having that standard. Whatever you do, make it standard, but then tweak it for every person that comes along if you need to, if you think that there's been something that you've missed in there or they've asked you a question that think, hold on a minute, that's not in my that's not in my standard operating procedure. It ought to be in there, but you'd be amazed how somebody sometimes comes along with left field question that you perhaps you haven't thought of before. Mm-hmm. That's how standard operating procedures get so long. They do. They <laughs> do. keep bringing new things and contracts yeah. keep getting edited. Eric um, brings up another good point in the chat. He says um, it's important to help a website owner understand who the website is designed for. So he'll say things like, now, when your ideal client sees this, they will like it because. And I would take it a step farther to say not even like it, but they will act in such a way because they will take whatever action you yeah. want and or they will feel a certain way, things like that. It's not so much that, oh, they're going to think it's pretty. Because, uh, again, this isn't a piece of art. Somebody said it in the chat already. It's a it's a famous quote by Beth, some Beth said it. Beth marketer. Said it. <laughs> it's a quote by it's a famous quote by some famous marketer, none of which I know. But it's that a website isn't art. It's a tool. It's a marketing tool. So <clears throat> um, I think it was uh, Tim Streifler that said that. Oh, was it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. He's a pretty I did smart say guy. It wasn't art, but I didn't say the the tool part. Um, Listen, it was in the chat. I know I saw. <laughs> yeah, I, I think uh, I, I'm scrolling like, back now. I am. I like what Eric said about who, because it's not for your client; it's for their audience, their prospective customer. Um, and I, and I that's think hard that's to understand, to though. That's that's hard to grasp. Like it's it's a big yeah. deal. And, and I think kind of part of that conversation with the client is is communicating that like, hey, like this isn't 1998 where, where people are like new to the internet and like are like fascinated with like, you know, little widgets and cool things like that. Like, no, like flaming we've logos. All, yeah. Like <laughs> we're all very well versed in browsing websites. No one is impressed with with, you know, crazy effects and stuff like that. And like it's not about like you know, looking pretty online, obviously, like you want to be professional, you want to represent the brand well and stuff like that. But yeah, like to reiterate the tool, or the yeah, the quote, uh, you know, it's your website's a tool. So it was Jason Resnick, it's been pointed out. That's who said that. He's a good he's a smart dude. Um, So now we're talking about how we're presenting these things for revisions. What about the actual revision process? Before we've presented it to them, have we established how many revisions they get? What do you guys use? I I typically say you get one major and one minor round of revisions. And I specify. That's tight. Tight tight like a tiger? Tiger, yes. I know what you mean now. (laughs) I can't not think it when you say tight. Toy. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad that Austin Reason is in the chat tonight too, because he's the one I think who showed me where that was from. Because I didn't even remember. And by the way, poor Austin said he's he's in uh, revision hell today, dealing with three different clients. So hope we're all here for you, buddy. Hopefully you got it. You're you're going to come out of this okay. Although once you're in it, it's a little trickier because what we're talking about now is you want to start ahead of time. How many revisions do you get? So I say one major, one minor, and one major means that this is something that could take, depending on the type of project it is, I'll put sort of a time limit on it and I'll say up to an hour or up to two hours or something like that. Basically, if we deliver, say, a logo design or a website, a page design or something like that, and we just have completely missed the mark, they can pretty much rework it. That's their major round. But once they've done that, that's their major revision. So like we're going to listen to them. And then the next round is things like tweaking the copy, tweaking, you know, little small elements. Oh, could you move this over just a little bit? Stuff like that. That's like 30 minutes or less. And if we are not hitting the mark by that point, then there's something going wrong in our process. And there's something going wrong with how we are communicating with our clients. So that, I mean, there's exceptions to everything, but I feel like that's on us. If we're really, you know, it's easy to get caught in those revision forever and ever things. So if you put a limit on it and you have that limit, it's um, it does make you 
focus more on it. And like, you know, you only have this one shot. So you explain it to them and it forces them to really cover all of their needs. And then it forces you to really nail it so that you don't have to then loosen up your guidelines and let them have more because you didn't do a good job at it. So what do you guys, what do you guys specify? I can go. Um, I I think the like the fact that you only offer two rounds of amends and I'm I'm the same now, but I never used to be able to do that. I found when I tightened up my process leading up to that and um you know, got a really detailed brief, asked really specific questions, you know, got visual examples, fully understood the stood the client project. Now I'm at a point where doing just one or two rounds of revisions is plenty and we usually nail it. And like you said, Steph, like if I mm-hmm. if we're missing the mark by that sort of second time, then it's then it's like there's something in my process, there's something in the communication, there's something going on that's meaning I'm not fully understanding the client or, you know, what they really want. And so um, you know, I think I used to offer a lot more rounds of revisions uh, and a lot more proofs. I now only do like one proof like one homepage concept or whatever I'm designing, it's usually just one. I don't offer them multiple options. Um, and it's only because I've got to that point of knowing how to really understand the client, knowing the questions, the right questions to ask, to know that I'm like fully understanding exactly what they want. So um, I think a, a really big one that I should have sort of mentioned at the beginning of the process earlier is having that detailed brief. Um, similar to what Mike said about, um, having those like five questions, really five specific questions. And if they can't answer them right, then you're going to have, if you, if you can't get a clear idea from them then, then you're going to have communication issues later and issues understanding them. So making sure you have that really detailed brief and not starting until you have it, pushing back and really asking questions and jumping on a call if need be to fully understand them. And that way you can probably get around with one or two rounds of revisions down the track. Yep. Now, when it comes to, oh, wait, we didn't finish going around. How many do you guys allow? Do you have that built in or does it depend I, on the project? Or? So I allow up to two, but if there's something that um, that should have already been, like, for example, if it's content and content's already been signed off and then now I'm they're making content changes, I'll make them. But that's out of scope and that gets billed hourly. And so, um, so yeah, it's kind of like what, what you said, Stephanie, where there's, there's those different, you know, phases of the project and, um, I'm not going to be like stern and say no, but I will charge extra for it. At least that's what I did. I don't really do client projects anymore these days, but that's what I did before I stopped. So, right. Again, this is, this is happening multiple times through the course of the project. So Beth is chiming in a lot in the chat. If you guys are uh, just listening to this in your podcast app, it might be worth coming and seeing some of the stuff she's got. And I'll give her a little uh, um, pitch too. Because, uh, what's it called? I'll give her a little shout out too. Put your um, let's put your website in the chat too because she has a lot of really great resources for doing this kind of thing. Because what what Beth teaches that I that Mike and I have been um, talking about a good bit outside of Divi chat is a change budget, which involves going, which happens when you go over those revisions, when you go outside of scope. Now that's a whole nother topic for another day. And I I think it would probably be worthwhile doing an episode on that. But, but what we're talking about today is just, is this exact thing of the revisions and the sign off. So keep that in your mind though, that there is an option. Like Tim just said, it's going to cost more money. So there is, you know, it's, you're, you're going to go outside of scope if you hit a certain a certain point. Now, yeah. have you guys had a project, let me ask you this, where the client went through their revisions and they still weren't 100% happy and you knew they were right? <laughs> like, <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> I had, I had, um, I was working with a designer and we were doing a brand for a company and it just wasn't hitting. It just wasn't nailing the like the vibe. It just wasn't right. 
This is me sounding like an idiot client describing this in a horrible way. I wanted them to make it pop. You know, if they could have made it the logo bigger and made it pop, made the logo I think bigger. We would, That's it. Yeah, I think we would have been there. I think we would have nailed it. But it just wasn't right. And the client was really nice about it. He made some revisions, but he's not a designer. So he doesn't have design concepts to give revisions properly. He would say like, let's try a different color, which you have to be able to interpret means something isn't right here, you know, and you have to figure out what is it. And we got, we got through his major revision and he was like, okay, you know, like he was trying to go with it. And I was like, you're not in love with it, are you? And he was like, I'm not. And I was like, I think you're right. So I made the decision to add on a new round that I did not charge him for because I felt like I wasn't delivering the solution, you know, the correct solution. So that's the other thing. Like we talked about with the boundaries, you're making your own rules here. So if there's a situation like that and it comes down to actually winning the project, like really crushing it, sometimes you got to break your own rules a little bit. I agree. Absolutely. I've done that before too, mainly with, mainly with logo concepts when I've like Mm -hmm. struggled to, like I, I know I'm struggling to find something that's actually popping, you know, and I, um, I'll, I'll add more to it and I'll offer more concepts and we'll, we'll work on it more because I know I'm not hitting the mark. So I think that's a great, um, you know, a great thing. You, you just need to sometimes. You need to break your own rules, especially when you, when you realise it, it's you dropping the ball, not the client. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think you get to know if, if you feel like somebody's not – playing a game but they're just you're just thinking oh come on you know what right you, you're, you're kind of you, you know what i'm saying you kind of think nah that's enough now and 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 that is that you you think yeah we've you know we've we've agreed everything this there's nothing wrong with with what we've done but if there's something wrong or something not quite right and you've got you've built that relationship with them and they say oh you know yeah can we just can we just change that yeah of course we can that's no problem so I'm like, um, just going back to your question, I do too, but I do think in in a flexible way, just like we were just saying, you, you've got to think about, you know, whether you've, you've hit, uh, Stephanie's right, whether you've hit the mark, whether they're happy with it, because then down the line, if something does happen and you, and you go back on it, let's just say a, a project does go cold. These, we've all been there where we've had a situation where client goes full steam ahead at the beginning you're getting all the content, you're getting everything you need, you're getting lots of feedback. And then for whatever reason, something happens in their life and that project goes cold. You've got to have all everything that you've done up to that point, all of your every every bit of email, every response, every you know, note about you know where what they were happy with and what they weren't happy with. Because when they go back to it, they might go back to it with a different hat on and it, it different perspective, different time. And then all of a sudden they're coming back to you and they're saying, I'm not, I don't like that. And you're like, well, it was okay three months ago. (laughs) Uh, And, you know, we have said to you, you know, this is, this this was, this was your response three months ago. So just again, just reiterating what perhaps Tim was saying earlier about then charging you're then saying, well, look, you know, this was where you were three months ago. You signed this off at this stage. You, You accepted what we sent you. And now you're saying, that you don't accept it we need to have a chat about that and let's see what let's see what we can do but at the same time you know you're probably looking at an additional charge that brings up a really good point which is also defining at the beginning not just how many revisions we get but in prepping for this topic i was really doing some thinking about this and a couple of different things i read in and doing some research were saying to define what acceptance means which seems kind of silly, even though I did ask Tim to do it earlier. But, you know, to tell your client, like, what does it mean if you if I accept this? You know, like, you're going to say, like, you get this many rounds of revisions. That's something people want to know. That's a or amends, whatever. And then uh, you get. So once you get to the point where they've approved it, what what are the consequences of that? What does that mean? So just to have a simple definition of that, that once you have accepted this design this wireframe, this mock-up, whatever stage you're in, once you've accepted it, that means further changes will incur a cost. If you can explain that to people, I think it sticks and it makes it a little bit more official because it's easy 
to take some tight restrictions and loosen them up, like we were talking about, like to throw in an extra round of revisions. What's very difficult and causes conflict is if you've been loose and somebody's taking advantage and then all of a sudden you've got to crack down and say, no, if you want more revisions, it's going to cost you. Hmm. Literally nobody is going to respond well to that. Like that's. <laughs> and I think you need to explain. To you need to explain what change is. You know, what, what you, because very often if you don't have that conversation at the beginning about revisions and, and all the rest of it with the client, because I don't know, you're in the middle of doing something, the phone rings and you're having a chat with them and you, you, you right, let me get my, my script up that I normally, how I normally deal with something, how I normally speak to somebody because, you know, you're taking the phone call. You that use, beginning... you are adorable, Mike Devitt. You use a script Why? when you answer the phone. It's not a script. It's it's more of a spreadsheet. It's more of a um, spreadsheet. Oh, it is no, but what it does. Such a beautiful nerd. I love <laughs> no, it. No, but <laughs> I love it. I love you so much. It's so great. <laughs> what it is is it. It's, For those it's of you like, just listening, Mike's entire head just turned purple. Also, it did. It is. Yeah, I'm, 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 with, I'm with Tim's lighting. <laughs> you are. <laughs> I um. No, but it's like prompts. It's like, don't forget, because it's really Smart. easy to forget. Yeah, it's really easy to forget these things if you've got your head mm-hmm. in a box and you're, you know, you're taking the phone call and you're dealing with all of that. And you think, right, have it already. Somebody phones you. The excitement of the phone call and, you know, you're speaking to somebody new, that introduction, that first impression, make sure you get all that information. And remember to say that. Remember that you've said that because if you've if you've ticked it off, you've said it, you know that you've done that and then you put it into the proposal. That's the the second hit, if you like, of the, you know, the, the reinforcement of what you've said. And then as you're going along with the project and you're introducing them to the first round of revisions, if you like, the first the first look, another reinforcement moment. So. And just like we were saying talking to them about what change looks like what what is change you know um and what you will what you will accept and what what starts to fall into the boundary of something completely different so i'll explain that so many people don't understand when they're having a website created that um you know they might we're thinking oh you want a brochure site they're talking to you about a brochure site oh yeah but i was just thinking i want to sell a couple of things on there as well and then, whoa, it's e-commerce. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Hold on there. <laughs> or they'll say, and I want to advertise events and sell tickets. Whoa, here we go again. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and, but that, if you didn't have that from the initial conversation and that suddenly comes through, that's, the, that's bigger than a change. That's a completely separate part of a project. So it's exactly. just, again, it's if you've got those prompts next to you and you've, you've gone through those, then you you're you've got a better chance of of not hitting that hurdle. <laughs> yeah, that's more of a scope change rather than sure. a revision. Sure, which, that's but those can happen. Is, yeah, yeah. The, oh, of the, course, the, yeah, yeah. Because mm. they they will say, well, you know, I was hoping that it was going to be this, and so if you hadn't had that conversation at the beginning, or they hadn't made themselves clear, then this is where if you've got clear guidelines on it, you're saying, well, now that's not a revision; that's something yeah. completely different. And then here's so this mm-hmm. is. Uh, an additional sort of thing, which is different than both of those. This is uh, Eric again saying there's a difference between a change and a fix. So there was someone who dumped their old designer because he forgot to optimize the menu for mobile and wanted to charge a fee to fix it. So that's one of those things where uh, that's something that wasn't done properly. Like that that should have been done Mm -hmm. right in the first place. That's not something a client should have to ask for in a round of revisions. However, if the client signs off on that, if they've signed off and approved it and it goes live like that, even though you messed up, which, what do you do? I think that's why I include in like, um, after a website goes live, I say they have 30 days of like bug fixes or any little things. Um, so it's things like that. If I've missed something, um if there's like a typo that we want to fix up or you know something minor like that or anything that I've missed then that's included um because yeah something like that it's it's my fault if I've missed doing that so um yeah I think that's perfectly reasonable (laughs) I like what Beth's just put in the chat she's put that would be rejection with cause as opposed to rejection without cause (laughs) 
I don't even know what that means. Can you in other words, in other words, what she's saying is that you've it, she's got they've kind of rejected what you've what you've done. They're coming back to you and they're saying, "Look, I'm not happy." This, oh, okay. This is, so, and they've got cause because you should have done it. It should have looked. It should have been right. But and I think it's a it's a difficult one. I personally, if I knew that that should look look properly optimized for mobile, and I haven't done that, and I told them in in my original blurb and all over my website that we do responsive web design, it's finally kind of obvious it's not going to work properly. You'd sort it out. You would definitely sort it out. Um, but I some would. people wouldn't. Yeah, I think no, some people may, may may not. But I I do think you have. Um, you know, you have to try and put the onus on the client to do some testing and to, 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 to properly look at it. So like Emma was just saying, you know, you have a period of time where you say, you know, you have a I, I do a two week period. I so see you got two weeks of what we call free support for those bug fixes, for those things. And then after that, everything else becomes chargeable. I like two weeks. Eric does three weeks. Mm. Emma does a month. I just feel mm. like I'm changing mine right? now. <laughs> I know, right? Like, like Mike said before, a site sits there for a couple months. Doesn't it get yeah. gremlins? Like immediately, like stuff just <laughs> happens to sites and things just all of a sudden weirdly don't work that you had working perfectly fine. Now, here's something that I also was thinking about adding to my uh, process. And that is, do you give your clients um, certain things to check. Like if they just go to the site and say like, What's yeah, looks one? great. Everything's mm-hmm. fine. And then a month later, they're like, um, how come no form fills are coming to my, <laughs> you know, like, do you say like, test your forms, they should come into your inbox, test your website on your phone and your tablet. Do you, do you include those kind of things? Cause I think that's something that I've been um, needing to add for a while. And I've just been lazy about developing a process for it. Yeah, I don't specifically ask them to do that because I've tended in my own mind I've I've well we've done a lot of that already. We've 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 checked those things through, but I do think it's good for them to do it. Um and I like that Stephanie. I think that's a uh, that's a nice addition. Along with that, I'm wondering if you guys yeah. have what your tech is for getting um revisions or approvals. Um before we dive into that though, let's hear a word from our sponsor. Just kidding. We don't have any sponsors. <laughs> Today's episode. Uh, is if, anybody, <laughs> if anybody would like to be a sponsor, please Nobody call me immediately. The there you go. Yeah. Oh, there you go. yeah. Okay. Now we, we have got to some get fans. Them to pay us. Fans. Yeah. We've got fans, you guys. Oh, we got we got fans. Uh, no, I just wanted to give a quick reminder. If you are enjoying this battle of the revisions, please hit the little thumbs up button wherever you're listening. And if you have just a moment, we would be super, super grateful if you would go to ratethispodcast.com slash Divi chat and tell us what you love about us. We're vain like that. We want to hear it. I know we know you love us, but we need, you need to hear it. You know, that's how we are. So anyway, <laughs> tech, what do you guys use? What do you use geeks? What are you? Uh... What, forget, All right, I'll forgetting, go. Getting, go, go on, go on. <laughs> uh, I've been big into markup IO lately. Yeah, I'm loving here. using that to mm-hmm. because you can have something where people can just leave comments right on the website or the design. Uh, I like that for revisions a ton. It makes it so much easier than having people go the third column and then this colored box and that thing. Could you do, <laughs> you know, to have them be able to just record it right in there. And now Markup and Loom have partnered so they can do a quick screen record or you can vice versa. Or you could do a little screen grab, things like that, that make it super nice. And that one is, it's free. Like the, I use the free level and the, I would pay for it, but I haven't needed to yet. It's just really, it's super easy for clients to use too. So there's no affiliation there, obviously. The other ones that are similar to that are Adareem, WP Feedback and Project Huddle. Those are the ones that I hear about all the time. I don't have a lot of experience with them. You do, right, Emma? You Um, use one of those? No. I actually, I bought like a, I think a lifetime deal or something for WP Feedback, I think like mm-hmm. ages Which ago. Which is now called, and yeah, I, that one's the one's now called Adareem. Oh, see, I don't even know. That's, that's a, how much I use it. I will never remember <laughs> that name. WP Feedback was a great name. Was don't, Vito, tell Vito. don't tell yeah. Vito. Yeah. He, I was like, when I, I did, I helped him with his summit and I was like, I had to say it a million times and I'm like, I don't even know how to pronounce it. And he was like, however you want. 
I'm like, what do you mean? However, I want you. You made up a word. You got to tell me how to say it. It's a gif or gif. I need to know. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, all of those tools allow you to make markups right on the documents or the website. You can do it straight on a website. Here is my concern with getting an approval on a final website, like before launch. You go and you have someone say like, yes, I like it. So how do you get that? If you get it in something like markup or at a ream or whatever, well, well, then the site gets update, updates happen and the site breaks. How do you confirm and document when a site is final that you launched it in good condition and that's what they approved. Do you guys have a process for that? I, I've wanted that for a long time and I'm kind of surprised that it doesn't really exist. Because even if you just take screenshots, the functionality isn't captured. I guess you could do like a timestamp. Any yeah, thoughts? It depends what, depends what tool you use. So um, Adobe XD now um, has got some um, some additional functionality in it and you can do... Um, you can you can basically um, use their prototype tool as part of XD. Um, so when you're creating uh, your sort of wireframes and your mockups, uh, you can use the prototype tool to show you show a, a click. So when they click on something, they can see something happening. You can also show if you're ever using it a slider. <laughs> you can show that working across, um, and and then you can actually share that with a web link. Um, uh, to the client and and the client can comment on it as well. XD's coming, Adobe XD's come a long way. So that's You could even just do that with Loom. You could send an email. Uh, So guys, let me ask you this. We're not lawyers. We don't even play them on TV. If you send somebody an email with a Loom and a link to their live site that day and you say, when you respond to this, it indicates your approval of the site in the current state that it's in today. Is that binding? (laughs) and the crowd goes silent that's pretty much what i say but obviously not just a response to the email but like they have to respond saying yes or something oh well okay yeah no it's not approved that does not mean it's approved right right, right. Um, but i like with any approvals i always ask for them in writing um whether that's just a quick email to say yep i'm happy to proceed Oh, whatever mm-hmm. it might be, because a lot of the time it could be that they've, um, you know, approved it by recording a Loom video or, you know, mm-hmm. on a phone call or a Zoom call or something. So I always like to just, okay, send me an email just to confirm or I'll send them an email to prompt them to, you know, reply back. And so then it's there, it's documented. Um, so no one forgets whether that's legally binding or not. I don't think so, but that's all. Um, I, I'm sorry, not. I don't. I've so. never run into <laughs> right. I've never run into trouble with that so far, but I do think like that's one of those things where you've got your fingers crossed. Like it could happen, you know. Somebody come. It's at getting you. something in writing, isn't it? At the the, mm-hmm. the bottom line is it's 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 them signing off and you and you communicating with them for, for a written format that says you're happy with what we've done. And, you know, I think sometimes we can we can slightly overcomplicate things, but, you know, uh, and they need to understand what live is. <laughs> so we talk about, you know, so sometimes people right. do, oh, are we live? What, what's that That's mean? True. You know, yeah. So, again, it, these are terms we use. What does launch sure mean? What does it mean to launch, go? Yeah, yeah, all of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, yes. Eric. Eric has a cool process. He takes a full page screenshot and then backs up the site and downloads it. So then he's got, he's got that documented. So I guess then if they uh, give him grief about it, he can either handle it like a grown up, or as he said in his next comment, he can just <laughs> say liar, liar, pants on fire. <laughs> Solid. Which, argument. Right. I mean, that's of course, that's it. Like now that. that is legally binding. I'm, I'm yeah. pretty sure. <laughs> that's one thing I do, not the liar, liar, pants on fire one, but the um, <laughs> take a backup and, like, have a backup of the site. Like, that's one of my pretty much the end of the website project. Take a backup, download it, put it in Dropbox. 
So it's always there. This is the site when it went live. Um, it would be more convenient to have it actually loaded up somewhere, but I can't do that with all my websites. But just having it there so I can restore it and we can check it um, yeah. if a client does say. And how long do you keep, oh, how long do you keep those things? Oh, I've, I've kept them inevitable, like, you know, indefinitely really because, I, I don't know, Dropbox gives me a terabyte and I'm not anywhere near to using it. Um, yeah, yeah. So they're just all sitting there. Um, I guess one day I'll delete them. Yeah. I remember um, a, a very old Divi chat with the very marvellous Gino, um, mm -hmm. and he said that uh, one of the things that they used to do uh, or they did at that time was literally every layout, they would download every layout every Divi layout, mm -hmm. the JSON layout, and uh, and just store it. And it, they've, they've got it then. So that's, um, for him, it was like a, you know, a quicker way of um, just being able to say, oh, what, what was your problem? Oh, right, we've got the original layout. We'll just put that back. So it was a nice quick fix should anything happen as well. I think that's a great idea. That is a great yeah. idea, especially if you're just taking a JSON, then it's, it, it's independent of uh, the plugins and things on the site. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I've always had either a backup of the site when I delivered it, or um, on a live dev server, you know, behind a password type thing. Mm -hmm. um, and it I've never done it for the sake of like being able to defend myself later if they break something. I just do it because it's like this is what I made, and mm -hmm. I know they're gonna screw it up. I want to <laughs> maintain it just so right. I can like for my own, you know, like portfolio type of thing i can look back on if i need to reference it if i need to go and get code that i created i can i can have access to it and stuff um it's different if you if you're maintaining the site for them like and they're not really touching it then you know you don't really have the, much of a need for for that but um but yeah i i like doing it for that reason because they're gonna mess it up if they have access to it that's the bottom line yeah yeah <laughs> it's silly little things isn't it because when you're building a website, you might have a chat with somebody about um, social media and you'll say, you want to link to, you want to link to your social media? Yeah. Yeah. I want to link to my, my social media. You want to be able to, you know, share your posts. Yeah. I want to be able to, to, to share my posts, but then they might say, Oh, well, there was one thing I wanted. And that was that I, you know, uh, when you published the post that it went straight onto Facebook or straight onto, um, you know, um, Twitter, and uh so again if you're if you can find if you've got that question just about social media and you're saying you know are you going to want to use social media yes i am and then you go through all of those things that you have in your arsenal of, of things that you've done in the past and you say so dare i say the word jetpack on divi chat uh no but no, if you, you <laughs> if you wanted to use the jetpack uh plugin you can connect your facebook their facebook page for example and then when they're sharing a blog post um yeah they're publishing a blog post that will go straight onto facebook so that's the sort of thing that is work for you it's not a massive amount of work but it still represents a bit of work to do that's going to take you extra time if they come back and say oh but i wanted it to do this and and so then you've got to get access to their facebook page and you know, mm. it just, it's more time. So just if you've got those things separated in your proposal, when you come into your proposal and you say, this is what we're going to do with social media, this is what you're going to have, and you have it as a separate section, then that is also really useful as you go forward. Because it's a small thing sometimes to them that might be much larger to you. Mm -hmm. Guys, there's one um, last thing before we dive into our final thoughts because we're almost to the, we're at the top of the hour now, so uh, wow. so we have our seven extra minutes. You know. but uh, <laughs> anyway, um, seven after, yeah, the seven after podcast. So yes. one thing that we have not mentioned that I think is uh, so so crucial in all of this, not on our end but on theirs, who gets the final say? in revisions and approvals. We've talked about this kind of thing a million different times too, where somebody's like, yeah, I love it. And then after the weekend, they come back and go, actually, I showed my wife and she would like, oh. she's told me I need to change all these things or, <laughs> you know, that kind of situation or where you've got too many cooks in the kitchen. If you've got business partners, like uh, three different people that are business partners and each one of them is giving you edits that are conflicting with each other, all yeah. of that. Uh, so, so, so important 
to establish who is the point person on a project yet again, all the way at the beginning, right? Absolutely. I think, yeah, as Eric Dingler would say, or, or wait, Eric, I think quoted, was it Troy Dean? Batman has to be in the room. No, that was me. Literally. That was, that was me. Yeah. Which is funny. <laughs> you no you said that to that me earlier. <laughs> All right, Stephanie uh, said something. I thought it was Eric. No, <laughs> it was me. Yeah, no, uh, Troy Dean says you got to have Batman in the room. Which, yes, yeah, so knowing who, who or Batman. The, yeah, so having that key person who's going to give the final say. And then, um, you know, if someone chimes in later, like the wife or um, husband or whoever, saying, oh, but actually, no, we want to do this now. You know, if it's just a minor type of a you know revision or something it can be fine but sometimes when someone else is chiming in they could be taking it in a completely different direction so that's why it's really important to have that one key person and I yeah I love the Batman analogy I think that's I think that's great because um everyone can sort of understand that Eric's Batman I know I'm Batman (laughs) that should be your shirt next time he's on yeah wear a Batman shirt next time Eric (laughs) Yeah. So I I think that is, it's a relatively small thing, but it's super important, but it it puts responsibility on us too, because we can't start taking things from the other people then. And, you know, we have to really make them stick to it. And if others want to come make edits, we just, like you said, sure, if you want to do it a little bit, but you also have to tell them like, this is, we need to fill in a change request for this too. Yeah, You know, like uh, do a change mm-hmm. request. You may not have to build them for it, but get them into that process. Cause if you, you know, you give them an inch, they take a freaking mile, right? Like, so you, you do one little thing for free and then this is back to our boundaries. So you gotta, you, we're still trying to control the whole situation anyway, but. Yeah. And you're reminding uh, them what you were talking about earlier, which is if somebody's come along and said something, hang on a minute, that's going to change the customer journey. This is going to change the customer perspective. So if you've got that, what the, you know, what, what the business needs, it's not what somebody's wife or somebody's husband or someone's family member thinks or needs. It's what the business needs. And you, and you can just draw them back to that and say, well, when we talked about this, we agreed that this is, this is the customer journey. This was how it was going to work. So if they're usually, if they're going to come back and say something and you, and you have that sort of thud moment where you think, oh, here we go um if it's if it's small that's okay but if it's if it's going to change that then you 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 remind them of what they agreed to and 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 that customer journey all those all all those call to action buttons yeah (laughs) final thoughts everybody yeah you've been quiet you've been quiet today tim um yeah i have been quiet (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> is everything okay everything okay good. are we are we interrupting you or <laughs> yeah if, if you guys could keep it down i'm really <laughs> um, no I'm, I'm just a little tired uh and i don't have as much to contribute to this specific topic since no. i don't do client work and you're you're saying you're having a bad hair day is that throwing you off that is throwing me off 100 i need to just shave it like eric and then grow the beard yeah, i know yeah. yeah now you're copying mike that's what mike wanted to do too <laughs> yeah. man i guess eric should have come on tonight because we can't stop talking about the guy final thoughts right do it were you calling on me to give my final thought i was just checking on you oh, okay. eric says do it <laughs> right everybody but by next all week. means but by all means go. i'm not i won't be doing it just <laughs> as yeah, an fyi all right My does anybody have a final thought spoil sport yes i have a final thought so okay. i think that you, i think that just the whole thing when you when you're uh it's kind of like a just a summary or a reminder is to get you know those initial conversations that you're having everything that you've got and it's not just an, a standard operating procedure to create a proposal that comes from all the information that you've gathered. And then hopefully if you've reinforced everything, at every stage, then the whole revisions part shouldn't be a, 
you said this, I said this, then and then and it starts to go back and forth and becomes uh, almost combative. And as Stephanie was saying earlier, that's that point you're trying to remove your your own personal thought thoughts and feelings about it because you're starting to get anxious and agitated because that means the project's now going to it's going to be more work for you. The project's going to last longer. Um, and you may have other co- client commitments that you've 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 got to do. You're going to be sitting in the seat for longer. So you, all those things build up in your mind. So if you can remove any of those obstacles, I think it comes much earlier in the piece. It comes with everything that you do at the beginning. That means that at that point it shouldn't be um, it shouldn't be an awful. It, it shouldn't be the hardest part of the project, which I do believe most of us think it is. A little bit of work mm-hmm. at the beginning saves yeah. a ton of headache later down the road. That was basically mine too. So I won't, I won't give one. Emma, what do you got? I know you're ready. Yeah, I am. Um, I wanted to share one that uh, I reached out to uh, in one of my groups, like saying I was doing this and uh, one girl posted saying that she, she sort of implements a lot of this stuff, yet she's such a people pleaser and really struggles with it um, to the point where she's sort of just ready to throw in the towel and give up her business. So I wanted to give some tips for like um, those people pleasers out there because I'm a recovering people pleaser over here. And <laughs> one, of the, <laughs> one of the biggest things that helps me is having like I guess maybe I'm a bit of a nerd, but having those email templates, like the, how I respond to certain things, having them already there, mm. knowing that they're polite and they're professional but they're firm and they're um, going to do the job and knowing I can pretty much just copy and paste that when people are sort of like pushing. Um, so like one of them, uh, which I'm happy I'll share and we can um, pop it in the show notes, is like if clients request something that's out of scope, like maybe they're, you know, requesting something that wasn't in the original proposal or wanting to do more rounds of uh, amends or revisions, um, being able to politely push back on that and sort of say something along the lines of, yeah, that's a great idea, happy to do that, just so you know this is outside um of scope and you know we can get this done within an hour and this is how much blah 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 would you like me to proceed something like that that you can Mm -hmm. just quickly kind of copy and paste and push back and you don't have to think about it too much because it used to stress me out a lot having to like think about how am I going to reply to this and not feel like I'm letting the client down because as a people pleaser that's like the biggest thing is like you just want everyone to love you and you don't want them to be disappointed in you or unhappy so knowing that you can just like quickly copy and paste that over um, is a good one and I remember there was actually something that Sarah shared on an episode a Divi Chat episode years ago this is how big a Divi Chat fan I am I know all the episodes um, <laughs> she um, had said something like if you're if you're doing them a favor let them know it's a favor and like even invoice them for zero dollars or something like that yeah. just so yeah. that they know um, and are you sure that I didn't say that, that? Oh, it's probably you, Steph. Or, yeah, who am I kidding? It might have been or Tim. I don't. It was one of us, probably. One of you, probably Eric, actually. Um, <laughs> but yeah, letting them know that you're doing them a favor, so that you know you can you can throw in a few favors throughout the process, and then by the time it gets to a point where it's like, okay, now I'm actually drawing a line, and you know we have to charge for this, they're going to be more willing to um, accept that. That's my final thought. Good. Nice. Love it. Great. Love it. Tim, you've um, had some time now. <laughs> <laughs> She's picking I, on you tonight, Tim. I know. <laughs> oh, whatever. No, I, I think just like reiterating the importance of establishing yourself as an expert and figuring out what the goal is of the website, because it's like you start that mm-hmm. conversation. Okay. Well, what, what is the goal of the website in the beginning? And then a lot of times it doesn't get brought up again. And it's like, if you can continuously point back to that, then everything else makes more sense because the client can get kind of bogged down in the details. And and even us as designers too, when we're designing the, the details, sometimes we can forget about the bigger picture. And so I guess my final thought is don't forget about the bigger picture because that will help you throughout the process and also help the client do less revisions. Totally. Uh, we let Beth have a final thought. Eric was supposed to have a final thought, but he just sort of said thanks. I don't know. That, uh, 
I don't know what that was all about, but Beth says acceptance criteria, change control without exception, a change budget, which that's that whole other topic, and incremental acceptance. And I think these are very uh, excellent bullet points and, here to follow. And, and I have one more thing. She's got one more. She's got another one. She's got another one. She uh, says, uh, now using she's a getting tr- greedy. This yeah. one? <laughs> yeah, that's no. it. Is that not it? I know that's that is. all great. It's that's all brilliant. Funny. I was just joking because the last thing she said is 100% what Tim just said. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> gotta put that one over. <laughs> 100% what Tim just said. Well done. Just remember, Tim 60% you... of the time it works every time. Every time. Oh. Beth, are you sure? Are you sure Tim said that? I think it was Stephanie. <laughs> it might have been. Are you sure it wasn't? Okay. Anyway. <laughs> Thanks for hanging with us t- tonight, this morning, this afternoon. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. It's like the Truman Show. Uh, we're so happy to have you guys here. It was a super active chat. We're super glad to enjoy uh, communicating with you guys over in the chat. Emma got on the chat tonight. She was she was freaked out last time. She's like, how do I respond to all these? And I'm like, it's a lot. There's a lot going on over here when you're trying to like talk to everybody and respond in the chat and do all the things. So. Anyway, yeah. uh, thanks I'm very for proud of myself. I know you did so good. <laughs> I know. So uh, thanks a bunch, everybody. We will see you next week with another great topic. And you never know which Aussie will show up. We'll see. And if Mike doesn't show up, we're gonna have to start digging in for some if new both UK people. Show up, we might just break the internet. So. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks so much for being here, everybody. Take care. Bye bye. <laughs>